0: it's the best ball bash jwb's home for everything best ball brought to you by underdog fantasy where if you sign up with code jwb you get a first time deposit match up to hundred dollars i'm here with my friend herms and we're gonna be drafting best ball mania four so stay tuned i'm sad i talked about me because i feel like this is coming down in the chat and people are talking about me and Michael. i'm not here for it okay <laughs> i actually have a, an unfortunate amount of any picket exposure so far and it makes no sense to me like why do people hate him right now is it because the Played injured? I mean, the way I wouldn't be happy is if you tell me you want to draft James Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Herms, my guy, how's it going?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. The uh, post-4th of July hangover definitely hitting a little bit <laughs> hard, but you know
0: what it is, what it is. <laughs> I tweeted today like the United States just needs to you know do the right thing and make this day a national holiday. The day after 4th of July, we need it. Dude, either that or just, like, I saw, I can't remember who it was, but somebody else tweeted, like, the same way
1: we treat Christmas and New Year's, you know what I mean? Yeah, we just, just need it. Same thing, just happens in the summer,
0: okay? Yeah. Just like that little time off. Yeah. <laughs> we Seriously, like, everybody knows that July 4th is a day for for Raging, a good bit, right? Like, just let us have the next day. Come on. Exactly. All right. So, we're going to do some basketball drafting today, but I wanted to ask you before we actually jump in if there's any teams, players, anything like in particular, as you do these drafts that you were like t- really targeting when you get into one of these rooms. I've found that just
1: the wide receiver stuff on a few different teams are really interesting, but like, namely the whole Seahawks thing. I mean, yeah. I know this has been a trope also, you know, the entire time the best ball season has been going on, but like Tyler Lockett's still going stupid low you know, you also think about like the Ravens receivers and all those guys just like pretty much just being bunched together for the most part. Like my yeah. big thing, like, again, not a specific team, but just teams like that where there's just like a conglomerate of different players going around the same time, just picking the ones you believe in most and just mm-hmm. scooping it. So you can focus on other stuff earlier in the draft. Yeah, because I know, you know, especially for best ball stuff, you know, like receivers gang gang. But, <laughs> you know you can maybe skip out on some of those dudes. If some of these values keep, you know, just like dropping and dropping. It's like, that's pretty fun.
0: Yeah. There's an interesting dynamic there with some of those teams like that. Like you mentioned Seattle, Baltimore, where you could take the stance of, okay, say you took Lamar. I'm just going to take flowers and Bateman. And one of them should hit out of them. Right. But like, you might be hurting yourself slightly there. If you go too far investing in the passing game, the same could kind of be said for Seattle. I mean, DK, jackson smith and jake but tie it all going pretty highly it's hard to imagine all of them you know doing well on their adp yeah so it, it, it I, p- just picking one and then maybe finding like a secondary stack on the team later on the draft is definitely a way to go it's an interesting dynamic between those two things
1: 100 man.
0: and that's why this is so much fun and that's why i'm glad yeah. that we're doing this today yeah speaking of let's get in this draft segue <laughs> look at that <laughs> <laughs> It's professional. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, waiting on three people. Shouldn't be too long. <sighs> Man, I don't know what it is. Like, Hopefully. I know
1: I know. we're just doing this, you know, just like fun, hanging out, doing the thing, but there's still always just that sense of like, oh,
0: we're about to draft. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still hyped no matter what, you know.
1: It's always there. It's <laughs> never good. You know, like, obviously, like, your home leagues, big, you know, tournaments like Scott Fish Bowl and stuff, you know, it's like, you know, that those are. You know, some some high adrenaline type situation. One hundred and one. Let's go! Oh,
0: see, that's that's why we're getting the good luck terms. Are you a Justin Jefferson one hundred and one? No matter what, I have thought of reasons to go with other people, and I just
1: can't really. The only argument is for Jamar Chase. You know, but I agree. I I just I can't go past. Jefferson dude like what he's done over the first three years of his
0: career is just ridiculous dude wild yeah it's crazy yeah I mean yeah like can Jamar Chase be better than Justin Jefferson this year sure absolutely mm. like no one's doubting that it's just the history the range of outcomes for Justin Jefferson is so thin to being like the first or second best wide receiver in the NFL it's just it's a pretty easy choice for me
1: Absolutely. You know, like it's especially because people could make the arguments, it's like, well, I don't know, because Jordan Addison's gonna be there, and blah blah blah. It's like, well, Chase has a guy named T. Higgins that's
0: also <laughs> there. So, like, that's yeah. a wash. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, Jordan Addison just steps right on in to Adam Thielen's routes, which mm-hmm. Adam Thielen was like I think what he was like third in routes run last year, like and Justin Jefferson was one Minnesota had like the great health luck and they were just like, no, we just play our top guys. Like we don't give them a rest. <laughs> They're always out there running, so like the snaps are all there, all all the way available for Addison, and it will never affect what Justin Jefferson's already doing. Exactly. If anything, and Jordan Addison might hurt TJ Hawkinson a little bit. Yeah, if, that's if true. If Addison is that dude.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, to your point, uh, you know, shout out draftsharks.com. My day job. So, the, uh, some of the things that we did, you know, earlier, like last month and stuff was, you know, we did all the player profiles and stuff. And I went through, I input a lot of the stuff for the AFC North and the NFC North. So I got, I got a good look back in time mm-hmm. at these guys. And the interesting part about, Hawkinson's arrival and taking off is that it overlaps with Thielen pretty much being like replaced almost by KJ Osborne toward the end of the year. So Mm -hmm. we don't really know how a lot of that's going to play out because like the sample size we have to look at is flawed by virtue of, oh, Adam Thielen was old and they stopped using him. So like, it that's, that's a tough dynamic.
0: Yeah, all offseason, I've I've kind of been saying, like, I still think TJ Hawkinson is a good pick, very safe tight end to be be top five at the position, I would say. But like, I don't expect him to quite produce like he did when he was with the Vikings at the end of last year, just because of that, where it's like that offense at the end of the year was Justin Jefferson. And they just needed somebody underneath to like catch the passes when Justin Jefferson couldn't get open, which, you know can happen even though he's the greatest wide receiver in the NFL. And T.J. Hawkinson was just like running these like 7-yard core routes and just catching it over the middle whatever there's nothing else going on. Like it wasn't that impressive. The volume was there, but there's reason to believe that the volume that that much won't continue, especially with Addison coming back.
1: Big facts, man. No, it's, it's all about them touchdowns, baby, which is true for most tight ends. you know. I, mean, yeah. you know yeah. I, don't, I don't want to simplify the game of football too much, but at least when it comes to fantasy football and tight ends specifically, you either need at least one or preferably both of those things working for you. So even if one goes down, touchdowns are still going to be there. So who needs yeah. the volume? Who needs it?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that is like the, also the thesis behind all the people who are going real deep into like the three, four tight end builds on underdog is that when you're in the last round, Who's more likely to catch a touchdown—the starting tight end for a team or their fourth wide receiver? Like, okay, yeah. Like when you think about it that way, like, and that's what's going to take for them to get into your lineup. It's probably the tight end. Can't really argue that. That's actually pretty smart. I wish I'd thought of that. That's <laughs> I can't take credit for that. I definitely, you know, heard the heard the, the the analysis elsewhere and am now, you know, putting it off as my own. I guess, except for now admitting that it's not my own. Hey, you know, all knowledge is borrowed from some original source. Okay, that is is—that's yeah. what life is all about. Remember that, the, kids. There are very few actual thought leaders out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to be coming up here in nine picks. That's the fun thing about getting one overall pick. We got a little bit of time in between. Oh, yeah. Um, In your drafts, picking in this range, is there someone at the end of the second round that you tend to like more than others? I usually try and check in and just see
1: where running back is at because, like, I know that everybody hates running back and that, like, this year especially it's going to be, like, super annoying. But, like, I always remind it's myself. a good
0: place for that hero RB to come from
1: is right here because it kind of drops off, right? For sure. Like, you know, this, this is a year where, like, yes, our most backfield's annoying. Sure. But... There's a handful of guys that we're like yeah. pretty confident will have yeah. a decent amount of workload, and a lot of them are going around here. So, like, right. this is it.
0: <laughs> yeah, six picks away. We'll see. Uh, Jalen Jalen Waddle fallen a little bit in this draft, which is surprising. He's getting like had been going up and up, like close to a first round pick lately. So I'm surprised to see him falling. And he's yeah, continuing I, to fall.
1: I don't know how much that has to do with is the, is that a two a thing? You know, like because honestly, I know how much people still really like Tyreek Hill, which like obviously makes sense, but like they're both good. <laughs> and a lot of the you yeah, know, thank thank God Waddle just got picked, because otherwise it was gonna be really tempting for us to do that. But like I you know, a lot of his down weeks last season overlapped with Tua being concussed and not in the lineup and stuff. So, like,
0: is that yeah. his basically fault? as long as they were full still... health, they were clicking on all cylinders.
1: Exactly. I
0: whatever. You know, that, that's mistakes for other people to make. You know, that's fine. <laughs> All right. We are back up. Does anybody in particular stick out for you? We've got our pick at the running backs that have lasted. T. Higgins also still here. For me, I mean, honestly, dude, like just Derek Derrick Henry.
1: <laughs> I don't care yeah, how old yeah. he has
0: been. I don't <laughs> let me start that one real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Derek Henry's still gonna be plenty fine this year the offense will definitely still run through him and i will never bet against him again in terms of you know age and all that type of stuff um question is though after derrick henry do we want to double up on running back while there's the pickings are still good or worry about structure a little bit more and go with a wide receiver i mean the tempting thing to do is go running back but t higgins is just too good i agree that's that's that would be my my preference as well it's just it's just tough by the time it gets back to us where yeah. we're looking at um like the wide receivers really drop off you know um and i feel i'll always say i'll feel way more comfortable picking running backs after like round eight round seven eight or so than i will wide receivers it just falls off so hard finding those pockets where to where to draft
1: absolutely too and it's even down in that range, like, those names are fun to talk about, but not <laughs> fun to actually draft. And I think that's something that I always forget about. Like, I, I, I'm i guilty of this, like, every offseason, where there will just be, like, a certain group of players where, like, for some reason we've all just decided, like, let's dig in and have our big takes about these guys. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I've spent, like, a week arguing with people about this dude that's going, in like, the 10th round that I have no interest in drafting <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Why yeah. did I dedicate to this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I and that is one of my favorite uh things about like fantasy football Twitter is you can go back and forth with somebody and then you, okay, well, where do you have them ranked? Wide receiver twenty five. Oh, I have them wide receiver twenty six. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> oh my god. Almost
0: every conversation is is that
1: for sure. And I've noticed like and that's also why like my my volume of tweeting on a daily basis <laughs> yeah. has just taken like it just cratered this offseason because like, once the draft was over, I was like, I yeah. I, I don't have any thoughts until we yeah, get to camp. Tough. I don't.
0: <laughs> it's t- I, there, I know, right? Like, there are days where you just have to be like, yeah, I just don't really have anything to say. So, like, I'm just not going to force it. I'm good. Like, I don't uh, want to argue about dumb things today. I don't have anything to add. I'm cool. Maybe yeah. I'll post a meme or two. Yeah, you never know. And also, you know, shout
1: out group chats. That's what it's all about. You yes, know? yes. you don't have a good one yet, please find one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Honestly, for your Twitter mental health, find your group chat. Yeah, you know what? If you learn nothing about best ball in this episode. (laughs) That's the real advice to take away. The real,
1: yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The number one lesson for sure.
0: (laughs) All right, we still got a while to go. (sighs) Ah. It's good to see my man Najee on the board. Obligatory shout out. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know you are definitely on the Najee train, and actually, it seems like people are starting to get onto it a little bit more now. His ADP is coming up a bit. Like he started the off season, I want to say, was a fifth round pick, at mm-hmm. least late fourth, fifth round. Where I was, I was taking a good amount at that point. Um, you know, it's basically the same bet as last year, except now he's healthy. Uh, like, yes. <laughs> and he was yes. a yes. second round pick last year. Uh, so I mean like there's, yes. Is there some concern that Jalen Warren is going to take some opportunities? Absolutely. Jalen Warren proved to be a good enough running back in the NFL that he warrants some opportunities, giving Najee some rest. I'm not so sure that that's a bad thing. Najee a little bit fresher on a weekly basis. Doesn't seem that bad. Um, also if you like go back and look at the end of the season when everything was humming and Jalen Warren was getting plenty of opportunities, Look at Najee's opportunities because they were still, they were pretty high, so I'm not really concerned there.
1: Yeah, you know, because as soon as the pass rate just goes all the way down, I think it was like if I remember off the top of my head, I think from the bye week on, it was like the 27th
0: and pass rate was the Steelers' offense yeah. from like
1: the like. And I, it helps that
0: their defense got healthy and really helped them do that game plan, you know. Absolutely, man. Dude,
1: team efforts, team efforts. You know, and that—that's without even talking like the O line stuff. Because I know fantasy people don't care about that, but like, look, dude, very dude, important. That Eagles O line, you know, guard Isaac Samalo. like bringing somebody like that over, really good with that run blocking stuff. Like, I know, like, Broderick Jones, the first round pick, was definitely cool, but like, that's not yeah. the only thing they did, folks. It's not the only yeah. thing they did. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My only concern with any any stuff like that, which was like, obviously them making moves is really important. You always have to like just temper your expectations just slightly because offensive lines gelling together is the thing that really needs to happen for it to work out. You can't just be like, here's a bunch of really good offensive linemen that never played together and yeah. expect them to play well. But if they can all get it together, you know, quickly, it's they're def- definitely big improvements there.
1: Oh, for sure, dude. And then also just like piggybacking on the running back thing. I I see your point
0: because even now <laughs> it's, yeah. but, oh,
1: oh, but Joe Mixon, though.
0: I know. I mean, I'm looking at this right now, and if Joe Burrow and okay, and then Joe Burrow goes oh, as it dang comes it. out of my mouth,
1: that would have been so great.
0: <laughs> would have been nice to pair. It's okay. Um, We could still look at, you know, Bengals play a Chiefs week 17 and get that correlation in that game later, too. True. Um, and just maybe get a, that's how we attack the Bengals is that, okay, we're not going to stack the Bengals up, but we'll game stack their week 17 and maybe get a chiefs on the other side there.
1: True that. True that.
0: God, this, um, I don't know how yeah. I feel about any of this. <laughs> it gets ugly. Right. And now we're up. Um, I personally am a big fan of Christian Kirk in this general area. I tend to avoid the running backs, except Joe Mixon, on when I'm stacking the Bengals. Terry McLaurin's okay. Ayuk is fine. I like I, Fields a little I bit.
1: Really, I like Christian Kirk, too. We're, okay, we're we can start that one
0: for it. sure. Glad we're on the same page there. This The next one's going to be a little bit tough because, you know, I don't love anybody at cost in the general area here. Um, man.
1: If it makes it easier, the only running back I'm interested in is Joe Mixon. I don't want...
0: I was going to say, if I'm going to make a pick here, I think it is Joe Mixon. We still just get another piece on the Bengals, and it's a great game to stack up for Week 17 anyways. So yeah. we just take a couple pieces in there. I can dig it. All right. And plus, I mean, from here now,
1: it's... I mean... I don't think I've seen his name taken. The Kirk Cousins waiting game, perhaps. Yeah, something else, you some know. Time
0: to wait for that, yeah.
1: For sure. Okay. i, I mean, that was good.
0: That, that was a way we could have gone there too. Was T.J. Hawkinson at that point uh, uh, to to really plan for it? But as I was talking about earlier, like that, I you know, and we already said what we need to say about T.J. Hawkinson, so I won't belabor him. Um, but it, I mean, it was an option. I mean, I don't, I don't mind not going that route. Though we can still take Kirk Cousins, anyways. Uh, look for a couple Packers to be the Week 17 game stack with them. Uh, you know, True. If we wanted to, yeah. If we wanted to, uh, I don't think, yeah. Well, Jordan Addison might come back to us,
1: <laughs> which I prefer
0: to do if that's the way I'm going to do it. If I'm going to double stack them.
1: There we go. So that's the
0: answer. And I know that's you have answer. no no problems with that. <laughs>
1: oh, for sure, man. First of all, you know, from the same place, shout out. And then also just like like you were saying earlier, like just everything is there for him, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I know people were more excited about JSN coming into the league, more excited. And Like I know, like Quentin Johnson has his people, too. But the fact of the matter is, like, nobody landed in a better situation to yeah. immediately Perfect. hit the ground running Perfect. and just go. Yeah, dude, like, it's it's going to be incredible. I'm so excited for watching that entire
0: offense this year. Oh, yeah, and I think part of them letting Dalvin Cook go uh, was that they're cool with passing more, even yeah. this, this year. Uh, obviously, they made that turn a little bit last year with Kevin O'Connell's first year. Wouldn't surprise me if they ramped it up a little bit more. I mean, honestly,
1: why not? Because, I mean, like, as evidenced by the fact that Alexander Madison is still on the board, I mean, I think that, you know, that kind of says a lot about how people feel about it, too. You know, like,
0: I, mm, that was, (laughs) it it was funny the first couple days, uh, the first, sorry, the first couple days after Dalvin Cook got released, like, Alexander Madison was going, like, fourth round, like, no problem, like, every time. And then I think people started to, like, temper expectations for a second after the hype wore off. It's like, yeah, like, maybe pump the brakes a little bit, okay? You sit, you sit with that thought for more <laughs> than like thirty seconds, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." You're like, "Okay, so he's never started two games in a row. When he does play, he's really good, but like, we have never seen like, what's it going to be like over a full season? You start to, you know, really get the gears turning. You're like, well, actually, I'm not sure how good he's going to be, and I'm sure he'll get plenty of volume to start the season. I don't know how long it's going to last if he's going to get through the whole season being that way. It's not like he's that efficient of a runner or a receiver at any point when he's starting, he got a lot of touches and was above average, I would say with yeah. those touches, but it's not like, it's not like he, you know, Tony Pollard, who is, you know, had to be on the field more. It was like the Vikings never gave him more touches, you know, like he was in when Dalvin cook was in, well, out, and when Dalvin cook was in, he was out. Like there was, he was never fighting for more opportunities this entire time. You know, and I think on top of that, like the other part of it, like there are still certain
1: teams with very incomplete backfields. Because I know, like, the way that like fantasy people like to look at it and the way that like actual football teams are going to look at it don't always mm-hmm. line up. But, like, yeah, for sure. I look at a team like the Vikings or even the Broncos right now, and I'm just like, think of all those like veteran names that are still out there on the market right now. Like, is it taking a long time for them to sign? Sure. Does that kind of raise certain red flags in our heads? I get why, maybe, but at the same time, these are dudes that have been around, can afford to wait for whatever opportunity they want, and like that's why, like I'm not,
0: training camp. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I'm not really paying any mind to the fact that like these guys yeah. haven't gone anywhere yet because it's like they're just playing it smart. Yeah. So like even if so, and by extension of that, investing in those backfields like Minnesota, where I would expect someone to pop up, like out. I really, I still like Samaj P. Ryan because even if they do bring in another guy in Denver, his role is probably going to be safe. But either way, still kind of speaks. Yeah, to it. like it's like for as far into best ball season as we are, it's still early in certain it respects. Really and, like is. I think you know that's what, uh, another lesson you could take away from this. If you <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many of these drafts that you've done, like it's we're still barely in July. Like, there's yep. still so, so many so things much, we so get to, to learn. So much to happen. So much to learn. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Dude.
0: That's, yeah. Gotta love this game. Gotta love this yeah. game, friendos.
1: That's what this is all about.
0: <laughs> I was kind of hoping Trevor Lawrence would come back to us.
1: Yeah, I was... taking
0: uh, uh, Kirk last time. But,
1: I was eyeballing yeah. that a little bit. I tried to make sure that I kept my enthusiasm reserved.
0: I know, right? Like I just, like, don't want to talk about the board until we're up, because I just don't want to be let down. I... Same page. Same
1: page. Dude. <laughs> Last thing I want to do is just jinx some level of awesome luck,
0: you know? So I'm refraining from starring Jordan Addison because I feel like that's a death knell for him getting to us if I do it. But it's, you know, two picks. Well, if it helps, I mean, the
1: top of my desk is wood. So <laughs> appreciate it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: right person there. should be drafting wide receiver. So. See if they take Pittman, who's ah. falling. Gabe Davis, okay, that's fine. One more to go. It's right there. We got it.
1: All right. <laughs> we just. Need to say, all right.
0: We just got to figure out who else we're going with. I'll be honest. With Pittman falling past ADP, now ten would be ten picks after ADP. I'm into it. Uh, I don't like him at current cost anymore. But if he's falling him into it, you let me know if there's something else you see you that you like though.
1: I can tell you that I'm not a George Pickens guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, dude, Pittman, I'm fine with that. I really am. That, because the only other thing I could possibly think of would be like, oh, David Montgomery, but like, I don't want to really hammer that far on running back right now. So,
0: yeah. We have got two really strong running backs filling out, filling out wide receiver there, I think, is a good good move before it really drops off because of the time it gets back to us. That's when we're looking at this dreaded area where it's basically this is your last chance at a wide receiver you might feel okay about. <laughs> yep. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. We, we've already reached the point where the Ravens guys are on the board. <laughs> <Yeah. day. laughs>
0: right? Oh. Yeah, so God. we know – okay, so – Where's yeah, Kirk Cousins ADP around 110 right now? I should be pulling up the board while we're drafting. What an amateur not having the board up. Um let's see. So yeah, I mean basically if we're taking Kirk Cousins, we might have to do it at the next set of picks. That's true. Uh otherwise we're just hoping for him to fall past ADP, which I don't really want to do. I'd rather just take him at 97, uh knowing that we've already invested so much in the offense we kind of have to have Kirk Cousins be really good for this team to be really good. So I, mean, yes. I don't mind drafting, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, at a certain point you do kind of just have to do what you got to do. And, you know, I think even to that end, like this is, I do not have a take on this. This is me asking the experts in the room here. Uh, <laughs> so, but to that end, because we have received an outrageously cheap, Michael Pittman share, does right. that then inspire you any more, to take a chance on Anthony Richardson later or does that not factor in at all
0: more than before I had Pittman on my team uh obviously just for the stacking reasons but like it's not a situation where I'm you know starring him to be like yes I'm targeting Anthony Richardson now I think it's a situation where if he falls to us in a good spot and it's just easy to do so I will but I'm whereas opposed to Kirk Cousins, I'm willing to take above ADP because we're make, we've made two large investments in the offense already.
1: Fair enough. you know. And, and plus, I mean, that kind of just rolls into the whole – I don't know where I'm at with Anthony Richardson this year, but I'm sure it's not going to be as high as other people <laughs> because <laughs> the, the fascinating thing about him is that – there seems to be this belief that it's like, oh, well, he can run, so yes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, who are we comparing him to? Well, we saw Justin Fields do it. Okay, well, timeout. Have you seen the two of them, like, stand next to each other? Are are you familiar with, like, the types of skill sets that each of them have? Because I'm sorry, they're not the same quarterback at all. And
0: Justin Fields' (laughs) seasons are pretty goddamn rare. Like, they do not happen.
1: (laughs) Like, I love the fact that Richardson is the perfect ten relative athletic score guy that could possibly develop yeah. into something crazy, but like the early v- prototypical version of him before he really gets molded into whatever he ultimately becomes is far likelier to look more like a young Josh Allen than anything. Now, mind you, who still ran? I think
0: I think that is a great comparison to to, for the beginning of his career and, and the kind of rushing that he might have.
1: Yeah, because, like, maybe by the end of the year they'll let him just yeet balls into the sun and we'll see where they land and if they land in people's hands more often than yeah. not. But, like, yeah, this concept, like, to your point, like, the 1,000-yard quarterback rushing seasons don't grow on trees. I think it's only happened, what, three times, four times ever? So right. I just even if it got up to like 800 or something, like I just can't justify this is the Herms rant going against why Anthony Richardson shouldn't be a top 12 quarterback in redraft. Uh, No, I I'm with you,
0: man. Like, yes, he's super, he's super athletic. One of one athleticism at the QB position. And he does run, but like, we don't know how much he's actually going to run in the NFL. And it Mm -hmm. also requires the offense being on the field enough for him to be running that much. Like, if he only runs a hundred times as a rookie, starts every game, and has like six hundred yards, people are going to be disappointed, and they should not be disappointed at all.
1: That's pretty good for most <laughs> yeah, quarterbacks.
0: Like really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: but like you said, like the bar just gets set really high for certain people. And I think that, like, there's a yeah. world in which he becomes, like, the next pseudo-Kyle Pitts conversation where it's just like, well, it didn't work immediately so what is? blah blah blah, blah. And it's like, chill! Yeah. <laughs> like, chill for two seconds, please, people!
0: <laughs> for real. Alright. About to be back up. starred Kirk Cousins. Yes. I highly doubt he gets picked right before us. If he does, I will blame it on that starring and I apologize. uh But so we know we want to do that because of this... Bets we've already made on the Minnesota offense. The question will be, who are we taking with him? I mean, I guess while we're here, I'll just say Anthony Richardson sitting right there. Uh, it would just like, it would just finish QB for us if we wanted to do it. And we'd be stacking up both teams, but we don't need need to do that if we don't want to.
1: Let's see where tight end is. I'm curious about that because if that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know your point, which I'm, which I'm completely good with. FYI. Oh uh, yeah, I don't even need to say it. I don't even need to say it,
0: folks. This right. <laughs> we're getting moved. Let's go. We're getting moved with the move.
1: Uh, it wouldn't be me on this show without it. All right,
0: there. We have to. <laughs> um. Also, like the Steelers, for as as much hate as I have given to Kenny Pickett over his time so far in the NFL, honestly, very easy to stack in best ball, and a stack that I go after when I draft Muth or Deontay Johnson, who I both like at cost. Um, And no matter how I feel about Kenny Pickett, I think it would be hubris to not have a little bit of the, what if I'm wrong every time I'm going through these player valuations and I have to wait, you know, you have to weigh in the range of outcomes for someone like Kenny Pickett. What if he does take like the jump? And I mean, like he was playing really well at the end of the year, like Mm -hmm. as an NFL QB, the fantasy points weren't there, but he was playing well, which is like this weird dichotomy that was happening. And it sometimes happens at the QB position. So it's really just a matter of if he can get there fantasy-wise. And I think that, like it's in the range of outcomes to happen. I, like, I'm just someone who thinks it's not as likely that it really does, that he makes a difference.
1: And if you're going to take a chance on it, I would encourage people to go about it by way of... Friar Muth rather than another pass catcher because, like especially when you look at the, the data range following the Chase Claypool trade for the rest of the year, yeah. like yeah Muth got banged up a little bit so like he didn't see the field for like as many snaps as he like normally would but like you look at just like the you know targets per route run all that stuff like it just like even you know kind of zooming further out just like even just like the raw target share and stuff like. He was Pickett's dude, especially in those like, you know, kind of like high tempo, like a clock's running down, you know, we got to drive it down the field type situations. Like that was it. Like it was all there. And assuming that, and like, we know, like third documented concussion of his career last year for Muth, like that's a little bit weird. He had a nasty knee injury. Thankfully he dodged surgery because I think it was damaged to like one of the ligaments. I can't remember if it was like ACL or PCL or whatever, but Mm -hmm. like he avoided all that. Seems all good. Whatever, assuming everything's all good. Like, he just like what were we saying earlier? You know, you want at least one of the two things, if not both. You either want the volume at tight end, or you want the touchdowns. Yeah, I can't tell you if he's going to have the touchdowns or not, but I can guarantee well, he's you, done he's done both. Have he just volume. didn't
0: do them together yet, right? Yes. Like as a yes. as a rookie, he got the touchdowns. As a sophomore, all the volume we could ask for maybe comes together this year. I hope so. I, I, <laughs> I hope shout so. out uh, our buddy Andrew Cooper, who I'm probably going to butcher this stat a little bit, but he looked it up. He looked up all players, uh, basically looking at two minute drill situations. He like looked at, at three three uh, three minutes to go in halves and in in overtimes. And mm-hmm. Pat Fryermuth had more targets than anybody else in the league. It's facts, which is, which is just a wild stat. Yeah. I mean,
1: it, shout out Coop. Shout out facts. Shout out Pat Primus. No, because yeah. that's that's what you do when you're the only person on the field that's able to get Luth.
0: All right, like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> one of one when it comes to getting Luth. For sure, for sure.
1: <laughs> Although, and I can confidently say that does not apply to anybody that's on the board right now. Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is yeah, this is starting to get weird. But this is also where it's like, okay, some of these running backs I can get down with. You look at the wide receivers, and you're like, I don't want to touch them. But that's why we draft the way we draft. Yeah. So we can set ourselves up here to possibly get some of these running backs. We feel a little bit better about.
1: Yeah, and I the, the, the to that point, you know, like what I said to you know, open the program, you know, talking about just the different wide receivers and stuff, and like their team situations and how that's weird. I'm just going to quickly highlight my favorite ambiguous backfield to scoop, and that that's would okay. definitely oh, the Dolphins, baby, the Dolphins. Okay. Like, cause you can wait so long. You you don't have to think about them until you're like way at the end. And I feel it's just if I'm picking two of them, because I mean, I like if come to my head and I'm picking one of them, like I would just go with Devin Chang because I'm a fanboy. But like, if I'm just picking like the odd man out, and I'm only going to invest in like two shares of the backfield, I would just confidently go with him. And I really think Jeff Wilson's the dude that gets overlooked. Because I don't really see it with the Raheem Mostert thing. And plus, even if we just look at the veterans that got brought back between him and Wilson, I mean, it's not much of a tiebreaker, but Wilson got more money and he was a little bit better and used more often when yeah, he stance. came over. so yeah, I'm, I'm
0: with you. Je- Jeff Wilson over Raheem Mostert pretty easily for me. And I don't understand why Mostert goes later than, or why uh, Wilson goes later than Mostert. I think it's because
1: people are addicted to the Zoom. You know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we are up here. (laughs) Brian Robinson falling past ADP. Devin Achain sitting there. Anything that you like?
1: I feel pretty confident that Achane is going to be the pass catcher in this offense. I just really feel that way. Like it's in his skill set. They targeted the running backs a whole heck of a lot last year, and nobody really emerged as the guy to do it. So
0: why not? Easy easy first pick there. Brian Robinson, not sexy after ADP, but can probably count on him for a decent amount of volume, but may not be the type of running back we're looking for having Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon already. Like, we're looking for somebody who's more prone to some spike weeks. I'm not sure if Brian Robinson is that guy.
1: Well, you um, said you wanted to maybe do something with the Chiefs. I mean, McKinnon
0: really fits that bill. McKinnon or... Yeah, actually, because I do like McKinnon. That's actually a good, good thought. I was going to say there, too, like, we could go through Romeo Dupes to be a Green Bay bring back for Minnesota, which we want to try and get. Personally, like Jaden Reed's cost more than Romeo Dupes. So I think we plan for that. Yeah. Because I almost said
1: something about <laughs> getting <laughs> Romeo Dobbs, but I was like, because I didn't bring it up because I was not sure how you would react. Because I don't know how <laughs> anybody's gonna react when you yeah. mention his name. Because like I think that they're and I get why. Just a ton of like the Christian Watson is him crowd, and anytime you mention any other player from that team, it's like boo.
0: So (laughs) I tell you, what I draft Romeo uh, Dobbs, when I'm hitting the like Plan D button in these drafts, where it's like I'm planning for a stack, and someone's take takes my QB, and I have to start to like figure out okay, where's the next path I'm going down? And there's Mm -hmm. a few of these teams where like you can just plan for their team. Later on, and Green Bay is one of them. You could just be like, I'll take Romeo dupes here, I'll take Jordan Love, and then Jaden Reed. And now all of a sudden, I have three parts of the offense stacked up. You know, uh, the Giants are kind of one of those because Daniel Jones, you take Daniel Jones, and all his wide receivers go after him, yes, uh, which is one I like. Um, Steelers are kind of like that because you can do Muth and then you know pick it pretty easily. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude,
0: I team shaping up though. It is, and I. I think this I think such we'll... a
1: difficult range. <laughs> I
0: was to say I think <laughs> I think we probably are just planning for Pickett at this point. I mean, I mean look, just you're not, like you're QB's not gonna th- get any pushback. <laughs> <for me, laughs> <know, no>. yeah. <laughs> you know, just thinking about QBs, we can even stack with this at this point. All the other QBs for our wide receivers and tight end are gone. Uh, unless we start to take some skill position players that we want to try and stack with with a QB later. Like right now, I'd just be thinking, yeah, we just go with Kenny Pickett. That's fine. We expect we, like we need Kirk Cousins to be really good with this team anyways. So like mm. I'm I'm not mad about him being like the guy we're really relying on because we kind of ha- have to anyways, based on the t- way we drafted. And sometimes you just have to make those bets on on the team you're drafting that you're going to be right, that Kirk Cousins is going to be really good.
1: Yeah, true. And even like when you pulled up the QB screen, I was like thinking about like, what could we even possibly do if we wanted to do something like that? The only halfway reasonable thought I even have would be, again, outside of the guys that we already have rostered, if we just wanted to go external with some other different stack,
0: maybe Houston, just because Houston's definitely one you could do.
1: Yeah, I feel like I get why people aren't excited. Because it's Houston and it just leaves a sour taste in our mouths at any time we, you know, just even hear the name. But actually, well, a sour taste in your mouth after you hear something. There we go. Ah, mixed metaphors, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close enough. Either way, point being, like, but the, the coaching staff is really interesting, especially like the new OC coming over being part of that. Because like, he was the passing game coordinator, dude, over there. In San Francisco, you know, he kind of he mm-hmm. took like the uh he took the Mike McDaniel path of, you know, yeah. kind of getting it. So it's like maybe there's a little bit of something there. Like I know like a lot of the players out of, you know, the mini camps and OTAs in Houston were talking about like this is going to be fun. Like they really have yeah. just like a lot of interesting, like interchangeable, like piece type deals and whatnot. And like I'm pretty sure Damien Pierce is going to catch a lot of passes based off of what they're saying. Ugh, fun fact. But I don't it It leads me to feel way better about C.J. Stroud. In the position yeah. that he ended up in because we were all just like that. Oh, and I don't want any of these quarterbacks to go to Houston because it's going to yeah. ruin their careers. But, like, I, is that the case now? I don't, man, I, I, obviously, it's too soon to say definitively it's going to work, but I'm also not going to sit here and rule out that it could go well completely. So, yeah, there, there it is. With and,
0: and they are one of those teams where, like, literally at this point, you could be like, I haven't been able to find my lane in terms of, like, getting a stack. Like, you could literally just be like, from this point on, uh, Devin Singletary, Nico Collins. Oh, well, Nico Collins just went. But he's in this range. Nico Collins, you know, Devin Singletary, CJ Stroud, there you go. You've got, you know, you're invested in the Houston offense. You're stacked it up.
1: Hmm. Or maybe, you know, like maybe you're a Mechie guy. He goes a little bit later. You know, the the name that actually made me think of this was the fact that I also saw Dalton Schultz was still there. So I was like, hey, you know, not the worst player to bet on. At least we have a track record. I
0: I will throw out there, too, that their week 17 opponent is Tennessee. We have the best bring back on Tennessee and Derrick Henry. If we wanted to start to go down the path, if Dalton Schultz is still sitting there when we are back up and we want to start the path of going down the Houston Texans. We could easily do it, and it would make sense. And I think it'd be
1: better for you to do that than be forced to take Picket and have to deal with that emotional
0: fallout. So, like, I <laughs> like, think uh... as you see in the intro video, I've actually admitted to taking a good <laughs> amount of picket in this ball.
1: <laughs> oh, it's look it feel no shame. Feel no shame whatsoever. <laughs> it is a good thing that you are doing that. <laughs> But, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. That actually sounds kind of interesting. To me. I, like, I
0: like the plan. Um, oh, we can right. still go Here's with, the... you know, Mechie. I mean, if we really want to get real sick with it, we can draft, you know, Robert Woods or Tank Dell late. Is that – wait. Is that what I think I saw? at Jake Ferguson. 142 okay. and Jake Ferguson. All, All right. right, look, man. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, oops. Dalton Schultz is there, so – we going down the path?
1: The more we talked about it, <laughs> the more fun yeah. it kind of sounds. <laughs> like, I'm here for this.
0: Okay. Um, so we're going to do that. I think while we're here, we should be going wide receiver at this point after we were able to reinvest in running back a little bit. I'll say Rasheed Rice sitting there as another piece of the Bengals Chiefs game interests me, but we don't have to if you're not a Rasheed Rice person at all
1: i'm not but it also just makes sense strategically so i don't know that i can really be that opposed to it
0: (laughs) okay let's do it
1: yeah because i think about just like the type of receiver he is and what i anticipate he'll probably do for the chiefs offense and even though it's not anything like particularly exciting or diverse it's pretty good and he could probably catch some long passes from the best quarterback in the league. So you know what? Far be it from me. It's criticize.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's one of those like I the player, whatever. Like I don't you know, in rookie drafts for Dynasty, it wasn't really in at the price. As yeah. just a player in general, I'm kinda whatever on. Like I I can see why you can get excited about him. For this though, it's basically just the other wide receivers on the Chiefs, like I don't have a ton of confidence in any any of them anyways. So, sure, like, I'll just make bets on whoever I think fits the team that I'm drafting in that moment.
1: Especially because if we're really honest about it, I mean, are we sure about any of them? (laughs) Right. Like, I know that, like, Tony has, you know, continued to just go, you know, further, you know, people get really excited about him and all that, and, you know, but... We don't know. We we haven't seen anyone be particularly effective on any sort of consistent basis at wide receiver since Tyreek Hill left. So it could just
0: honestly be any of them. Yeah, basically the only thing I can say I'm confident in as when it comes to Kansas City wide receivers is that uh, MVFs will be running those wind sprints down the, down the field. Other than that, I don't really know what else people are going to be doing.
1: Yeah, that's that's about it. And <laughs> if if for some reason Kadarius Tony ever figures out how to not injure his hamstring or whatever it is that always gets you know banged to something the groin maybe, like in a world where
0: that could just mm-hmm. go away, then like, sure, I'd be stoked too. <laughs> but yeah, you know, can't ignore and, reality. And he played more than five snaps in the Super Bowl.
1: That too. <laughs> But you know, and I see the whole. Like, well, when he's out there, I mean, they specifically designed these plays for him. I'm like, I'm not going to dismiss yeah. that because it is yeah. good. It is genuine. Yeah. It's a good point to make. But if that's like the only point,
0: right, <laughs> we get to right. make, where it, it
1: gets a little bit. If trickier. you have to say,
0: yeah, but when he is on the field, like if you're starting off that way, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the best.
1: Yep. Yeah. Because at that I mean, God, go down the list of how many people we've had to say that about before. <laughs> it's yeah. that's not the best trap to get yourself into a narrative street. You know, there are definitely other better doors you can knock on a narrative street than that one. That's uh <laughs> that one's not great.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's the same thing that gets done with like all the efficient backup running backs. I'll just wait till he gets more touches. Right. But there are so few running backs who actually, get the opportunity and are still as good as they were when they were the backup running back, like over an extended period of time. One game here or there, sure, they can do it. But when they actually get the opportunity, rarely, rarely do they perform at the same level.
1: Which reminds me, I mean, we just saw your boy Jerome Ford come off the uh, cover- yes,
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is
1: that one yeah. of those players you think people are gonna talk themselves into about that? I asked because oh, I asked yeah. for well, dynasty he-
0: shares, <laughs> right. Uh, I I definitely can see that happening just because the Browns running game is so good. It doesn't really matter who's had the ball. I mean, Deionis Dearness Johnson, who was literally completely forgotten about, came in after a couple injuries in the Browns backfield and was fantastic. And then everybody was like, "Who's Deionis Johnson? So good, mm-hmm. right?" Like. That can absolutely happen for Jerome Ford. He just, you know, gets a few plays a game, holes wide open for him. He bursts through it because he's got some speed. And next thing you know, people are banging the drum for him. Which, I mean, like, Jerome Ford can be a good play. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the hype is already getting out of hand. The fact that he went 14, or 14, yeah, 14-1. And that's, like, normal now at this point. In fact, it's probably after ADP for Jerome Ford. Like, now it's getting to a point where I think people need to calm down. He started out as, you know, barely an 18th round pick, barely a 20th round pick.
1: Well, I mean, that's why I asked. Cause I, I know the Browns are your bag. So like, you're definitely going to have a better answer on that than I do. And like the way that you're describing it, I just probably won't
0: have any of them then.
1: Cause that <laughs> felt a little rich.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like when he was cheaper, I absolutely liked taking Jerome Ford because handcuff for a really good running team, right? Like it's sure. But, um, one, we don't know how good of a handcuff he's actually going to be, mm-hmm. and two, I don't think he has offers like almost anything unless Nick Chubb is hurt. Like he is purely handcuffed. There's, I don't think he's making your lineup otherwise.
1: Probably not. I mean, maybe you'll agree with this, but just at least in terms of like my prediction for where the Browns are going to go this year with the offense. I mean, like you don't pay that quarterback guy all that money to just always run the ball super heavy, now do you? I don't think
0: so. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like. Okay. We are back up. Jaden Reed's here. That's obviously a pick for us. Oh, yeah, for sure. We have to decide if, so I'll say like, Kenny Pickett is here at this point, just like fell into our lap. If we wanted to still do it anyways, and possibly take CJ Stroud as well. Although we don't even have to take CJ Stroud because we just game stacked Schultz and Henry and that's fine as well. Um, We could reach on Mechie to do that, to go down that road. We can go elsewhere. 15 seconds.
1: I will uh, defer to you, but I'm interested in quarterback.
0: Okay. I am going to go with Kenny Pickett. Okay. As I think it is a good spot for him. (sighs) Um, We can still go CJ Stroud and go down the Houston road as well and go three QB on this team if we really wanted to and get a bunch of stacks for week 17.
1: That's true. There's still a lot of really interesting opportunities.
0: The only thing that was unfortunate about going Pickett and farm with is we do not have a Seattle bring back for week 17, which is basically impossible to do after the first, you know, like seven rounds, uh, basically after Zach Charbonnet goes, our only option is Noah Fant.
1: There we go. Let's go, baby. Noah <laughs> Fant. <Finn. laughs> Never forget. I'm <laughs> oh, like, although, do, oh, yo. I'm still okay. taking some Noah Fant. But. Glad his name came up because I was having a conversation about this not too long ago and just, you know, even deeper callback to the whole, you know, wide receiver trio thing going on there with the Seahawks and all that and being like, well, mm-hmm. one of them has to do this and one of them, blah, blah, blah. Or you have to bet on one of them to fall off and the other one. What if? <laughs> what if they're all good? <laughs> Listen, Seriously.
0: Like I'm the- betting on the Seattle passing game to be really good this year. Geno Smith is one of my most rostered QBs. Like I mean just yeah. Cuz like to town. I think
1: exactly cuz I think about those Rams offenses from like the middle of last decade and toward the end mm-hmm. of the you know like the girly years and stuff. Like mm-hmm. Woods cup Doing the whole yeah. thing, and then you think about it, the oh, it's escaping me. Buccaneers, wow, how did that? Okay, yes, Godwin Evans, and like the one year with AB, you know, just like mm-hmm. it, it's only one example of this, but like I think yeah. they could just all be good. I maybe, think it's possible. Yeah, may, maybe the person that has to lose out is just like any tight end, because it's like, look, we think right. about it like. Shane Waldron comes from that extended Shanahan McVay coaching tree. A anyway. three wide like, receiver yeah, offense. It's all there. I don't know how much of you know input Pete Carroll's gonna let him have per se into certain things like that, but you just like look at some of the decisions that they made, chiefly drafting Jackson Smith and Jigma after already having these two, mm-hmm. you know, prime stud receiver type dudes. So it's like I think there's a decent chance we're all just overthinking this, and the answer to the Seattle receiver you want is yes.
0: Yeah, I I am firmly in the camp that Seattle drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba and Zach Charbonnet were both signals that they were going to pass even more than they did last year. Charbonnet, significantly better pass catcher than Kenneth Walker. Jackson Smith and Jigba best wide receiver in the draft, reinvested into Geno Smith after his blow-up year. I expect that to continue because I'd, nothing about it looked fluky to me. Um, mm-hmm. You look at the advanced metrics, and he did very well. You know, completion percentage over expected. He's number one. He's good in EPA. Like, all those things that really measure how good a QB actually is, uh, he's well in. So I think that's going to continue. Like, I think I do think there's a chance that, like, not only can all of them be good at their cost, Geno Smith is, like, really good at his cost. Yeah. And that as you mentioned, uh maybe it's just the tight ends are non-factors in their in their offense. They're just kind of there to soak up whatever uh, is left.
1: Man, I'm glad I got this take on Wax because that was <laughs> <laughs> it's been bouncing around. Oh yeah. It, there we go. It's out in the public. Yep. Can't you, you heard it here from your boy Herms. Uh yeah, no I really hope that's true because I don't I don't have any reason like like, from any sort of, like, rooting interest standpoint, aside from fantasy, I guess, like, Seattle, whatever, but there's just something I just really want to see it work. I just really, really want yeah. to see it work. Because I think it would just be fun if it did. Like, explosive offense with guys like that? Like, yo, dude.
0: Yeah, and, like, real talk, I think Seattle has a chance to win their division. Um Facts. So, if that's the case, like, I think they're going to be really trying to get after it in some of these games like, really like they're going to have to put up the offense. I think in some of those games, you know, for sure. Um, okay. We are back up. Um, CJ Stroud did go in the, yeah. interim. so it's almost yeah. a good, I think it's a good thing. We did go end up taking Kenny Pickett there. Um, does anything stick out for you? I mean, like it's super ugly here. I'll say like Leonard Fournette. I'm picking like almost every single draft. Cause he's my favorite of these running backs who haven't signed uh, apart yeah. from Dalvin cook, but
1: actually, yeah, screw that. Let's, let's just do that. Cause that's, cause that, that's free money. Why not give yourself free money and just, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, there's I, that. The only thing I've been thinking of in like, I don't know how interested you are in a third tight end, but just like
0: Hayden Hurst situation is at least interesting. It is, but I'll say if we're going to go third tight end, it should be no, I think no fan just for the bring back fair, fair. for Pittsburgh. Uh, Eight mm. seconds. I'll defer to whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going Pierre Strong. I love that. There okay. <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I've been kind of saying this since he got drafted, but I kind of figured that this year was going to be the thunder and lightning of Ramondre and Pierre Strong. I don't know, you know, the balance of the thunder and lightning quite. Like, it might be a lot of thunder and a little bit of lightning with Pierre Strong being the lightning, obviously. But he's the only back on that roster who has legitimate breakaway speed. Um, I think it'd be a mistake if they did not use him with Ramondre.
1: For sure. And just looking back at recent history of the whole Belichickian backfield approach, what Ramondre Stevenson accomplished last year is a major outlier in which the guy out of the backfield that has the largest target share and the most carries is the same person. Yeah. I think I, I went back and checked it recently for an article that we published uh, at Um, And it was, I, I went back to like 2015 or 16 for that. I think even further back. Cause I was checking maybe to whatever it was. Either way, I went back a long time. That That's my yeah. point. And yeah. I, it was just forever in a day until I could find somebody that even came close to sniffing having that large of a role in that backfield because yeah. it's just not what they do. And it's yeah. no offense to Ramondre Stevenson because, like, it, coming out, he was a dude that I was definitely way more enthusiastic about than other people. But it's it was such a unicorn performance to come from that For team sure. and. I don't know, man. Like I think about even like, so let's even take it back to the bill O'Brien years. Like when that offense was really firing when he was calling all those plays, it's like, you know, they didn't really do a whole lot of that back then either. And guess what? Your boy is back in town again. So right. like I, Pierre strong to your point, like is the, the favorite to be whoever the, other, cause I've seen the whispers about Ty Montgomery and like, I don't know, yeah, maybe no. if this was like 2016, I'd feel okay about it, but <laughs> newsflash it's not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, people like to cite that, yeah, that one game the, the first game of the last year before Tom McAmarie got hurt when he had, you know, he was the third down back. I think that I truly believe that the only reason why that really happened was because they weren't ready to give those reins to a Ramondre Stevenson yet, because he hadn't really proven it yet. Um and they're they are a team that's kind of you gotta prove it, right? Um and then once Ramondre got the chance, he did it. They're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, like maybe Ty Montgomery mixes in a little bit here and there. But, like, I really don't think Ty Montgomery is going to hurt anybody fantasy wise.
1: Probably not, you know. And if it does happen, it's going to be one of those things that happens randomly one week. You get mad about it. You throw your phone at a wall and then it sits over with. You never have to worry about yeah. it again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, the the week that you enter a DK Millie Maker contest with Ramondre Stevenson and Ty Montgomery <laughs> vultures a touchdown. That's the one. <laughs> exactly. when, we, when you least expect it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We're coming up to our last pick. I've got Noah Fant starred so we can get one little piece of Seattle to go with our Pittsburgh Week 17 matchup. Uh, but looking at this team, Kirk Cousins, Kenny Pickett. Uh, we reached on Kirk Cousins to make sure we got it because we made the big bet on Minnesota, but I got no problem there. Derek Henry, Joe Mixon, Devin Chain, Jarek McKinnon, Leonard Fournette, Pierre Strong. Uh, Derek Henry, we've got the Week Seventeen bring back with Dalton Schultz. Joe Mixon, we've got we invested in the Kansas City Bengals Week Seventeen matchup in a few different ways, which is nice. Devin Chain, who you are into as you've mentioned, could be the one leading the Miami backfield. Fournette, I mean, like we said, free money because he's signed somewhere at some point. He's gonna have a role. Mm-hmm. Pierre Strong, hopefully. The lightning to Ramondre Stevenson's Thunder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then at wide receiver, we got Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Christian Kirk, Jordan Addison, Michael Pittman at a discount, Rasheed Rice, and Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed being that bring back for our Minnesota stacks, finishing up with the Muth and Dalton Schultz, as previously mentioned. And then this last pick, unless we get sniped on Noah Fant, (laughs) will be Noah (laughs) (laughs) Fant. Uh, oh, what a tragedy that would be. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do you feel about those team groups?
1: I think people are going to look at it and be kind of confused, but at the same time, bro, like you get some strong pass catchers like that. I mean, it's hard to go against it, man. It really is. And I know that, you know, the running back depth, blah, 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 but we talked about that toward the beginning of the show, you know, it's just like we know where you need to take your chances and just – yeah scoop some stuff, you know, along the way in some other spots. And I feel like we really did that. So as far as just trusting the process and going about it the right way, I think we knocked it out of the park.
0: I yeah, I think we navigated this draft well. You know, like especially just like little things where it's like, okay, we were thinking about going the CJ Stroud route, ended up deciding to just take Kenny Pickett while he was available to us. And it made sense too because then CJ Stroud goes after our pick. And we may not have gotten either of them on the way back. And then we're panicking for our second stack, you yep. know, with three rounds to go, uh, which is not, you know, not somewhere you want to be. I, I think we did a good job with this draft. Got to be honest with you.
1: For sure, man. You know, and I think just the, the big thing, just we avoided having to draft Sam Hell, and that makes me happy. <laughs> but...
0: <laughs> well, Herms, love it. This was a lot of fun, but uh, let people know where to find you, where to find your work, all those things.
1: Yes, of course. Thank you for having me on, first and foremost. And then uh, right there on your screen, there you go, at Herms NFL. And if you're listening to this in audio form at some point, then you did not see where I pointed to, at Herms NFL on Twitter. So there you go. You got that. And you can find all of my work over at draftsharks.com. I do all sorts of articles and stuff and some you know news type stuff. But if it's on the website and my name's there, you'll figure it out. So just www.draftsharks.com.
0: Love it. Uh, for my side of things, you can find me on Twitter at underscore FF. You can find JWB at JWB underscore FF. While you are here, like, subscribe, all those things. It's the best way to support us here. In the description of this video, you will find the link to our free Discord, where we are starting up redraft mocks that you can get in on. You will also find the link to our Patreon, where all of our bonus content is at. And like I said in the beginning of the show, we are... Sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. If you sign up with we'd you get a be first time to boss match of $200. Until next time, we'll see you later.